Hello everyone, it's Monday, February 8th in the year 2021 at 6.44pm and this is episode number 10 titled Elvis Street. Alternate title is I Love Animals and I Don't Like Pets, which we'll get into in a minute. But first of all, I wanted to address the fact that if you're listening to this, you might notice that there is a pretty big gap between this episode and the last episode that I published. It's so big, actually, that I don't even know how big it is. And the reason that I haven't made a podcast, even though talking to people, talking as I prefer to say it, not talking to people, talking with people, is probably my favorite thing in the world, is because my life is kind of screwed up. And I came to realize something a week or so ago. I was having just this this great surge of power and energy and motivation. And I sat down to write this weekly article that I write for a client. And I realized I didn't have anything. And then I realized that all of this time that I spend thinking that being ill and struggling and and trying to make things work and trying to pull together money and, 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 you know, just trying so hard to do everything, maybe that in itself is really the lesson that gives me, that gives all of us an experience to write about, to create from, to speak about. And maybe leaning into that is mine, is our greatest power. Because when we're speaking up from the things that are actually happening to us and the purest and truest form of our experience, then we're also speaking to everything else that everyone else is experiencing. And when we try to speak intelligently or eloquently or intellectually, we're esteeming to be something that maybe we haven't arrived at yet and that is not going to connect to people as well. So not that you are not an intelligent or eloquent or intellectual person. That's not what I mean by saying that. But I mean that the greatest power that we have as people in interacting with each other is telling the truth because if we tell the truth, we're also telling the truth of everyone else because we all breathe the same air. So... That's what I wanted to start this with, a small explanation. Not that you missed me. There's far too many things in the world to listen to and to look at, and it's very overwhelming. And so if anything, it's it's an extra break of something else to not do. And the best thing to do sometimes is nothing. So anyways, enough of that. A great thing that happened to me today before this that I want to celebrate before we get into Elvis Street and why I don't like pets and love animals is that I went for a walk after dinner, which maybe doesn't seem that exciting or wonderful, but if you live in my area of the world, you'll know, or any other areas of the world where this also occurs at this time of the year or at any time of the year, that it gets dark pretty early on, but it's starting to get light enough that if you eat dinner early enough, you can go for a walk after dinner. And that is maybe my favorite thing to do in the entire world. And on that walk, I saw something kind of interesting 
that kind of catapulted a lot of thoughts that I had on the walk that did not occur before the walk that have all turned into these stories that I want to tell you that have all somehow intertwined together, which I'm telling you because it's, it's really important and really wonderful to have space and time in your life where there is nothing else going on except for that thing which you are doing. And I actually had the opportunity to ask one of my favorite authors how he gets his ideas or where his writing is birthed. And what he told me is that his birth, his writing is birthed in the wide open empty spaces. And I just think that's so important. And I've seen so much truth and so much value of that in my life. In a time where we have so much opportunity to constantly be entertained and have every sense engaged in something without really having the opportunity to be open to things and experiences that could come. Today, I was on that walk after dinner. It was glorious. And I walked down a street that I've walked down countless times. And I saw something that I've seen countless times, but you have probably not seen. And there is this house with an iron gate all around it. And in the gate, there's a teddy bear stuffed inside so that its face is sort of sticking out. Its limbs are sort of sticking out. It's a teddy bear in a cage. And next to the teddy bear, there's a sign that says Elvis Street. And it's quite a sad sight to see a teddy bear in a cage. But it reminded me of something that I was thinking about and that I also want to tell you, which is the idea that I never thought that I liked pets my entire life. I never wanted to pet dogs when I saw them on walks with their owners. I was, I was never really interested in going to the pet store or uh, hanging out with my friends' pets or pet sitting. And when I had pets as a child, none of them worked out. They all died or ran away or had some tragic happening to end their lives. And so my whole life, I just lived thinking, I'm, I'm just not an animal person. I just don't like animals very much which I was completely fine with, until a lot of people started telling me, Maddie, you love animals so much. You're such an animal person. And to be honest, it kind of bothered me. Not because I cared so much, because it felt like a lot. But then I realized that I kind of did. And I realized that I had all of these mystical experiences with animals that I would never have at any other time. I used to, when I was having a bad day, A few years ago, I was living at my grandparents' house and I would drive to the beach and it seemed like whenever I was having the worst day, I would park my car and I would look out and there would be a wild fox standing there and staring at me. And it happened a few times and I would go and buy it eggs at the health food store because when you're at the beach, there aren't really any other stores to buy food except for random podunk health food stores. And guess what they sell? really wonderful farm fresh eggs. And guess what foxes do? Raid chicken coops. So isn't it really logical that you would go to a health food store and buy fox eggs? So I sort of developed this friendship with this fox and and there was this other time where I was on retreat with a friend and I was out sitting in the woods and I was sitting there silently for a long time. I don't know how long. And I heard this sound right behind me and I turned and I looked and there was this stag standing 
not very far behind me and we just looked at each other for a long time he didn't run away and then he sort of ran in this arc around where I was sitting and I just sort of sat there and it was really wonderful and yeah it's a deer you see a lot of deer but it was sort of an experience I'd never had with a deer before and that night when I got back to the retreat I went to a talk and the woman that was leading it started reading this verse from a book in the Bible and she described the exact scene that I had experienced that day with the deer and it was really wild and then a couple of days later I went back into those woods by myself again and I started to walk and all of a sudden I, I had this really really overwhelming feeling of this presence with me this very very strong presence of love and I just cried for hours which maybe doesn't sound that you know special but at the time I think I cried maybe twice a year so this was sort of a a strange occurrence for me and I get to the top of this mountain it's really really steep and you kind of have to like crawl on your hands and knees and I get to the top of this mountain and I'm sitting there in this in this crevice of a rock and there are these birds flying all around my head and, and the wind is rustling through the trees and I pull up the um, Bible app on Google or like on my phone or something and I I pull up that book that it's in which is the book of Solomon which is arguably the best book of the Bible. If you've never read it, you should because it's basically like an erotic novel. And I read the end of the passage about the deer that I had experienced a few days before. And, and the next part of that passage is about being on the crevice of a rock with birds flying around you. And anyways, that was a cool story, but I feel that I've had all of these experiences like that with animals. And, and I started to realize that I maybe liked animals, which was weird. Maybe all these people were right that were telling me that I liked pets, which really doesn't matter because you can like whatever you like despite what people say you do. But I realized that I, I loved playing with dogs when their owners were gone and I could run around all crazy with them in the house. And I realized that I loved being wild with wild things. And, and I realized that maybe I didn't like pets so much because I saw myself in them and I thought about how I've always had a really strong aversion to being controlled and I think it's because I had a strong sense of direction and when you have a strong sense of direction from a young age you know who you are and you know where you want to go and anything that gets in the way of that feels like a hindrance or a nuisance and I remember being really young and not wanting anyone to tell me what I wanted because I already knew. And it just felt like another thing that I had to pretend that, that I had to not listen to because it didn't matter because I already knew who I was and what I wanted. And so when I started to see animals like that, I don't think it was that I didn't like pets. I think it was that I sympathized with them. And I think... I connected so much to those wild animals because I saw myself in them. And I think that we can all, to some degree, sympathize with that. We can sympathize with the fact that you can't simultaneously feel loved and controlled and dominated. Those things are not, those things are exclusive of each other. They can't happen together. You can't 
being told to love something and being forced to love something is not love itself. And I don't think that's what people are trying to do with pets. I think maybe I made a too big of a deal of it. But I think that when we have possession of a life, that it can be our tendency to morph it to how we want it to be. But it doesn't always work that way. And there was a time this year that I actually got a pet for a few days. And I was very, 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 very allergic to it. And there was nothing I could do but love it for the few days that I could. And then it was time for that life to go and live life with another life. And it was okay. It was really sad, but it was okay. And it was okay because that life was never mine to take or dominate or domesticate or control. It was mine to love for the time that I got to have it in my home. And it was wonderful and it was special. And it was sad when I lost it, but it was less sad because I knew for the time that I had it, that I had loved it. There's a man that lives behind me. And he's not the kind of man that would have the pet that I'm about to tell you about. He's, he's sort of middle-aged, wears camo, dark colors. He looks like kind of a tough guy, real dark sunglasses. But he has this cat, this beautifully groomed cat, and he walks it on a leash with a harness every day, and he stares at it adoringly. And today I saw him walking his cat outside, and the cat slipped out of the harness to go chase a squirrel. And instead of running after it or yelling or screaming, he, he just quietly, slowly followed the cat and he just smiled so adoringly. I wish, when I say adoringly, just imagine a father standing in a high school stadium watching his son run through, you know, I don't really know the terminology for this football stuff, but He's watching his son score a touchdown and he's so happy and so proud. That's this man with the cat and the squirrel and he's just standing there adoringly looking at this fluffy cat who, who doesn't stand a chance with the squirrel running after it. And he doesn't try to grab it or, or stuff it back in the harness. He just stands there and he watches it and then the cat comes back and he gently puts the harness back on it and he pets it so lovingly. Goodness, I wish that you could all watch this man because it's a real example. But long story short, I don't think that having a pet inherently is bad or means that we're controlling something, but I think that can be our general tendency. And I'm going to tell you another story. I was in line at Walmart today and I felt kind of bad. I always feel kind of bad when I'm in line at the grocery store, not because I'm waiting, but because I feel bad for the checkout person. And I feel bad for the checkout person because I generally buy a lot of produce. And if you've ever been a checkout person or observed a checkout person, you know that scanning individual produce is a lot of work. And so it came my turn to load my things into the belt. And I stood quietly in front of the old man and asked him how he was. And after a minute or so, I realized that he wasn't scanning my groceries. He was just standing there looking at me. And I asked him, realizing that he'd said something to me, and I'd sort of zoned out what he had said, and he said, I asked you how you were. 
and I smiled and I realized that he didn't hate me because I'd gotten a lot of produce and it was going to take him a million years to scan. And then we had a conversation about how he liked to put strawberries and bananas and blueberries into his juicer and make a delicious fruit drink. And then he told me how his friend wanted him to be a vegetarian, but he just couldn't take that many beans. And then when the whole scanning ordeal was over, he looked up at me and he said, you know, though, I really do like the fruits. And I realized that he had no interest in giving me his opinions about who I was or what I ate or how much of his time was taken up in this whole process. He just wanted to know about it. And I think that is what we're all supposed to do. Pets or no pets. We don't want to be told who we are. We want to be asked. We don't want to be chained and caged and mandated and put under a microscope or behind an iron bar if you're the unlucky bear on Elvis Street. We don't want to be domesticated for control's sake. But it isn't so bad if someone is taking interest in our lives because they just want to love us. So this kind of gets back to why I haven't been recording for a while. And there's a second reason and the second reason is that this podcast wasn't really fun for me anymore. Even though it was something that I was so excited about and a dream that I really had of doing. And even though talking with people is my favorite thing in the entire world, I didn't really like it anymore because I'd been trying to control it. I'd been thinking about how you're supposed to have a podcast and how you're supposed to prepare and all of the things that you're supposed to do. And I was frustrated with recording equipment and I was frustrated with a plan and I was frustrated by all of it. And all of those things, not the thing that I loved, the, the thing of talking with people, the thing of talking about ideas and talking about meaning and understanding people and asking questions and having the opportunity to interview others. Those things weren't things that overwhelmed me. Things that overwhelmed me were my own ideas that I had to make it into something that was like everything else that other people make or follow a certain guideline or rule. And I realized that sometimes things become the best versions of themselves when you let them free. When I first wanted to do this podcast and when I first got the idea, I was actually, <laughs> it's funny, I was on the way to get that pet that I told you about that I was allergic to. And I didn't have any notes. I was driving in my car to Pennsylvania. I didn't even have any recording equipment. And it was the most fun I've ever had recording a podcast. And I had planned it in my head for about two seconds. And I think, friends, that this is a good metaphor. Everything I've told you today about the poor bear on Elvis Street about pets, about the man at Walmart, about the cat. I've seen a lot of cats today. It's a great metaphor for how we should live our lives and, and the best way that we can love. And the best way that we can love and the best way that we can live and the best way that we can grow and flow into the people that we're supposed to be is not by controlling and manipulating and planning and mandating and scheduling out every little thing. Because if we do that, we lose the grand and beautiful and unpredictable 
vision of everything that's unfolding right in front of us. And if you go for a walk and you leave your phone at home and you just look around you and you and you wave at people and you smile, sometimes you'll have the best ideas and, and the greatest connection that you've had in your entire day and you'll realize it's because it's the first time that you're really paying attention. So I want to leave you with a blessing and that is that you may go out into the world with wild interest and curiosity to know about people so you can understand them and ultimately love them, not control who they are, what they do or think or believe. Because who we are is dictated by our experience of life. Be interested in that because you are a part of the experience of the people you come in contact with and every intersection with another life is an opportunity to love. And you'll only notice those opportunities if you're paying attention. And another thing, if you ever walk down Elvis Street, notice how sad it is to see a teddy bear behind bars. So that is all for you today. I don't know when I'm going to record another episode because, like I said, I like keeping this thing free. Not everything can be free, but if you have the opportunity to let something be, it's really wonderful. So... I'll see you next time I see you. Thanks for listening. Bye.